Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to Unbecoming of Age, the podcast hosted by two dudes that have never met in real life. My name is Colin Flynn. I live in Iowa, and I'd like to welcome my co-host, Mr. John M. Craig. And I am in New Jersey. And Colin, what is real life anyway, man? Seriously. Yeah, that's true. It's what is true. it? We're, 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 you know, we're kind of on alternate planets, sort of, uh, different dimensions. But yeah, what is real life? I'm not sure. Well, I think we should meet soon, very soon. Uh, for like a Big Mac and fries in North Korea. <laughs> How about a McRib? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, that, that Korea stuff. It's, 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 uh, strangely, uh, yeah. uh, I don't know what to think of it. Uh, you know, I, I want to be hopeful. I, I do. I want I want it to, to, to work, but I look at that guy and I think, that's one goofy, <laughs> that's one goofy fucking haircut that guy's got going on, so it's hard to, hard to know. Wait, wait, are you talking about Trump? Uh, well... Which one are you talking about? Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, goofy, it's a goofy haircut. Yep. It's uh, idiocracy too, in some ways. I mean, look, it's it's an, it's an incredible moment in in the sense that they're meeting. But I I just I don't I don't think about it too much. But uh, I get this sense that it's like Kim Jong Un just he got he got a seat at the table. He did. He got a seat at the table. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. And uh, you know, you could also look at it like. Uh, you know, we're just—it's uh, time to, to extend the olive branch and start talking to some of these people. And, and uh, whether you know, we're some people think you know we shouldn't be propping them up and and all that stuff. But eh, what the hell? Let's just let's just get the crazy fucker in the room and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't and, and we could be talking about either one at this point. So no, I, I if. It's always been my experience where you're dealing with somebody long distance, and I've been in sales for a long time. A lot of times you're, you're uh, dealing with somebody over email or uh, phone calls, even that sort of thing. Twitter, yes. Twitter wars. <laughs> if you get a face to face with somebody, it changes the game always. It, it changes it you know, for the better. It really does, and uh, it's it, and it can last for a long time. There's people that I've met uh, you know, on a business uh, uh, front. From, you know, I might have only met them once and it might have been three or four years ago, but I, I, we both, when, when we're talking to each other and we're, we got uh, goings on happening, it, it's always better that uh, you've, you can somehow, although there's a guy I talked to yesterday uh, that I was trying to, I, we had uh, a little meeting in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago, and, and I was, God, in my mind, I was trying to conjure up, what does this guy look like? I, I know we sat oh, yeah. each other for like a half an hour, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I couldn't, couldn't quite remember it. So, um, man, I, I, I just, I told you, uh, we were texting back and forth, I, I just got back from a run, and uh, I've been trying to, I've been trying to get it together. I've been trying to, to, to become uh, healthy me, uh, post uh, you know, I had the hiccup with my heart last year and uh, kind of got the green light from the doctor to, to just uh, kind of uh, 
get back to normal. And so uh, I kind of was wearing a little bit of a fat suit from from uh, from winter. And so I've, I've made up my mind that uh, I, I'm going to change when I eat. I'm going to change how I eat. I am going to exercise regularly. I'm trying to do the. I'm trying to do a little bit of uh, resistance stuff, a little bit of weight stuff, and I've been trying to run, and uh, it is sucking. <laughs> <laughs> how much running did you do tonight? Uh, tonight I ran about four miles. Oh man, a little, little over four miles. That's and, a lot to me. Yeah. So and it was uh, fairly okay. So there was a spot on the course uh, on the course that I ran where uh, I went down this real. Uh, it's a real cool uh, unpaved trail through the woods, and part of it goes kind of real close to the back of a residential area, and there's people that come out there at night and they uh, you know, walk the dog down that path or something like that. And I see this woman way up ahead of me, and uh, she's in a skirt and she's got a dog that she's walking and. Uh, it looks to me like she's stopped and she's talking on her phone. She's you know looking down. She's got that look, uh, even though she's a ways away. And so my standard, uh, my standard mo for that is to uh, I will get a little ways away and I kind of clear my throat really loudly so they can kind of hear me because I don't want to freak somebody out. And I did that. And I got a little closer still and I did the did the throat clear again. Ah, you know, just made the big noise and uh, she still didn't hear me. And uh, so that I thought she's got earbuds on. I don't know. She's really that or she's deaf. I'm, I'm not sure what's happening here. But uh, when I went by her on her left, she about shit herself. <laughs> <laughs> she was just, yeah. She did the, like, tried to do the 360 mm-hmm. spin like she was going to bust out some karate or something. But mm-hmm. No, she was like, yeah, she would, yeah, yeah just. Was this a narrow path? Yeah, it's a pretty narrow path. It's uh, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, like I said, it's unpaved and it goes through the, this mm-hmm. uh, this wooded area and it's mostly yeah, it's pretty pretty narrow at this point. So from, you know, it's probably about six feet wide. Maybe. So so this evening, four miles. Uh, what are you what are you doing that in about uh, twenty five minutes, roughly ish? Uh, what are you around it was, it was a little slow. under seven? No. It was slow at night. See, when, when I talked about uh, how I uh, how I eat and what i'm eating i've switched i just realized after i've been doing this for a while so i i thought okay i'm gonna i'm i i know the crap that i shouldn't be eating i shouldn't be eating any sort of uh white carbs so no bread oh, no pasta what, what? no grain, what about just or, potatoes just um, potatoes the, the just potato thing uh, that, <laughs> yeah. that does let you lose some weight but i'm trying <laughs> to get off all of the white carbs no rice no grains mm-hmm. no bread no any of that <laughs> shit. it's all horrible for you um so um uh, I was thinking maybe the two egg diet I could have because you, you eat one egg for each you know, if you each testicle you know you eat two eggs and then mm-hmm. two eggs again later and then you keep eating two eggs uh, unless you only have one testicle and then I don't know uh, or no testicles I'm not sure what you do in that case but uh, no testicles uh, no but two eggs no I haven't eaten any eggs but but what I have been eating mostly I realized today is and I've, I've closed my window I've been trying to do this uh, deal where I can eat uh, in a four hour window each day so I fast for 20 hours and then during four hours I, 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 I can eat whatever the hell I want to but since I've switched over and decided there's some shit I don't want to eat and I've been kind of leaning towards this 
kind of paleo, but I realized probably for the last, uh, I don't know, maybe week and a half at least, I'm probably, I think I've probably gone ketogenic uh, from, from what I'm reading, uh, from what I've been eating, although I haven't tested anything or you know, any, any, any of that sort of stuff. When that happens, you switch over from, you quit, your body quits burning uh, glycogen, quits burning sugar, and uh, it switches over to burning fat. And, uh, you know, you, you're basically, you, you flip-flop your whole, you know, your whole way of, uh, of burning, of getting energy to your body, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, and so I don't know if I flipped into that entirely, but uh, the run I did tonight was completely fasted. I haven't ran, or I haven't eaten, I should say, uh, since uh, about like 8 o'clock last night. And so... Um, it was kind of ugly, uh, time-wise. I think I was doing like, yeah, I think I ran the first mile, was like an 11-minute mile, felt really bad. Second mile, I did like an 8.15, and then I slowed down to like 9.30, and then the last one, there was a big hill, and I did that in like 10.15, or somewhere right around there. Oh, okay. Pretty bad, but, uh, you know, I'd like to normally, well, who knows. Uh, running on the flat a couple days ago, I was doing more like uh, 8.30s, but... Yeah, I, that's roughly the last time I ran, and it was a short distance. Was uh, oh, um, on, I think it was Saturday, or was that Sunday? I don't know. It was one of those days this past weekend. It was my daughter's uh, dance recital, so it was probably Saturday. And there was a, uh, a long period of time where she wasn't on stage dancing, and the performance was at a high school. So I went outside. Now, I was, I was wearing sneakers, but they were not running sneakers. Not a lot of traction and uh, or support. Um, I was wearing joggers, not good ones, not comfortable, really comfortable ones that are light, like and and a button down like plaid shirt. And there's a there's a, a running track, so I ran a mile and a half, and I and I, I, I that was it. But I, it was really quite hot and uh, was a little sweaty. And then I walked in to see the like the last three dances, and my daughter was in in those. Yeah, and I just, I like, <laughs> one lady didn't get up for me, so I had to climb. I, all sweaty, I climbed over her. And then uh, I didn't even find, like, the rest of my family as they were sitting there. I just, like, <laughs> it was good. I mean, I just figured, let me let me just do this. I'm not, I, like, I'm sitting in this, I don't want to watch these kids dance. It's not my kid. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just, you're in there for so long. So that was fun. And I saw my, uh, I don't know if I talked about this. I saw my sister. Did I tell you that? I saw my sister and, uh. Her baby dada, her boyfriend, father yeah, of her yeah. child, yeah. and um, I'm, I was mostly holding my nephew, who's uh, six months. Six months. He's the nephew that, uh, God, I fucking hate him on Facebook. He's all over that. I mean, That's he's just saying, all up yeah, in my feed. Right, but, right. So, did I tell you that uh, I got into a thing with my ex-wife? We got into a little... A uh, throwdown? Tiff, a little thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, let's hear it. Yeah, so my, my ex, she gets really stressed around these dance recitals, and she doesn't want to be there, and it's not really how she wants to spend her weekend, and she's not really a fan of this dance studio. And, it's like, whatever. and you know, she tolerates She puts up with it, but whatever. She's not a little moody. And I, I um, we were going at the same time, and we live in the same place. So um she drove me and and cameron kylie was i already dropped kylie off because she had to be there early and be backstage and uh so my mom came to the um first performance my mom and dad there was a 10 a.m performance and a 1 30 p.m performance so we were going to go home in between the two performances because we had like an hour window 
So as we were leaving, my mom said, I have things in the car for Kylie's birthday. So my mom likes to help and likes to get stuff. So she bought a bunch of stuff for Kylie's uh, 14th birthday, which is uh, on Father's Day, but she's having her little friend birthday party on Saturday. And uh, so my dad had to go to the bathroom. I saw that my ex-wife, she was really antsy. She just wanted to leave. Like it was getting later and she did not want to wait. And she was telling me that. So I was getting anxious now. So then my dad, and then I'm just like, can, can you just wait? Like my mom is, she gets along with my mom, but she's like, my mom brought this stuff. Let's just do it. I don't want her to go any more out of her way, even though that's my mom. So the minute my, I said, my dad's coming back. I see my dad. I was like, who has the keys? Dad, give me the keys. And I ran to my mom's car to unlock the door and get the stuff, you know, to like, all right. It turned out that my mom was parked like five spots away from my ex-wife. So I get like these four bags of, of what seems to be, you know, a luau, sort of Hawaiian luau party theme. That's what Aunt Kylie's having. And I went over to the car and I asked my mom, is, is, are these the bags? Is this everything here? And Andrea, my ex-wife's there, my mom, my dad. And my mom's like, no, I need this. I need to take this. No, this needs balloons. I need to get balloons. I'm like, mom, can we just, and I must have raised my voice or been kind of rude. And then my ex-wife reacted and she's like, and I must have raised my voice uh, at her. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was really impatient. And then she raised her voice to me. She said, don't you talk. This is her recital. And it was like, wait a second. I was, again, I am responsible for my actions, my words, how I treat people. But she had this elevated sense of like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. What do we, right? But then all of a sudden she was fine. And then I was beside myself because she started yelling. So I put the bags down in the parking lot. My dad gave me a dirty look and my dad is much worse than I am. Like it would have been, you know, he would have yelled, you know. I, I probably raised my voice and my tone was probably really rude and really obnoxious. And I just walked away. I like put my hands up in the air and I just walked away. I was like, okay. Now, uh, my mom just leaves. My mom and dad leave. We get in the car. My ex-wife's not talking to me. Nothing. Not a word. And she's just giving me a... Now she's in an elevated, like, you know, her heart, probably heart rate's really up. Her blood pressure's probably boiling. And she's about to go out of the, the uh, high school parking lot and make the wrong turn. And she just looked, and she was, like, frustrated. So I said, you should go left. And she's like, don't tell me which way to go. And I was like, okay, all right. And then I just stopped. I just thought, oh, no, I didn't stop. I said, no, let me out here. Let me. No, seriously, let me out here. I'll, I'll walk. I'll take an Uber. This is, like, four miles away. Um, like, I don't care. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fucking, I'll just stay here. And we got back to the house. It was uncomfortable. It was awkward. I was sitting in the front seat. We get out of the car. She goes in the house. I go in the pool house. Cameron's just sort of like, our son is just shrugging his shoulders. Now it's time to go, and I'm just trying to calm down. And uh, as it's time to leave, I see them come out of the house and go. I said, may I go with you guys? And she's like, no, you should take your own car. It's like, okay, all right, fine. So now... (laughs) So she gets there before I do. Now, my sister, who's always late, she and her 
or baby dada boyfriend father you know whatever uh, they, they they're driving separate cars and they're going to show up they don't know where they're going they may have been there once before but whatever so i'm now waiting waiting the street they get there right on time i meet up with them and now i'm back in the place sitting nowhere near my ex-wife I have no idea where she is i'm holding the baby i'm in a calm relaxed state and after the recital ends i turned to my sister i said can i can i borrow the baby and <laughs> She's like, why? I said, I feel really bad about it, but Andre and I got into a little thing before from the last show when mom and dad left. I said, but if I have the baby, I know she's going to want to hold the baby, and I want to be the one that hands the baby off to her. Like, I want the baby to be my olive branch. And then I apologized to the baby. I said, hey, I'm really sorry. I don't mean to do this to you, and it's really manipulative, but I really need to do this, right? I need a place to live, and I mean, may need a, a, more than three months. So we went into the lobby, and when I saw her, I saw this big smile on her face when she saw the baby. And I had the baby out, kind of like the Lion King. Oh, Miranda, you know, holding the baby. But I, I handed it over. I'm telling you, it worked. It was so good. <laughs> you manipulated so. bastard. Oh, my God. It was, look, what good is a baby that you have access to if you can't use it that way? <laughs> Puppy, puppy dogs, yeah, babies. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it worked. I, I, I sold myself out. I told my ex-wife that I did that. I mean, it was you should have <laughs> held it out, and when she just started to grab it, you know, pulled just it drop it, pulled it back, and go, psych. I don't think so, bitch. I don't think so, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, it was, uh, it was good. I mean, I, I did have this moment where, and I did apologize to her later. I did. I apologized yeah. to my mom, and I apologized to her because I, I don't know uh, what I said, but I was not. I did not want to come from that place of fucking anger and crazy, but it happens. What's interesting is, you know, you said uh, my dad would have been, he would have gone ballistic or something. I can't remember exactly what you said. Not ballistic. It would have been different. There's a difference. Well, you know what? Maybe I'm delusional. Maybe I'm just exactly the same. So, well, maybe. But a generation later, though, I think think probably, you know, people, uh, men especially, were were more... uh, we're more animated, I think, and and now we've we're we're back down a notch, or or you know things are, have changed to the point where you said um, maybe my tone <laughs> was off, and I, I'm sure you probably raised your voice a little. I don't know, but I wasn't there. No, I'm sure that I did. I I don't believe that I was yelling. I don't believe I was. I was just beside myself. I'm just like, what? What just happened? I was just trying to be helpful. I don't know. I know. I yeah. I don't know. Here's what I'm going to suggest for you: two eggs. Mm-hmm. Two egg diet. Get on the two egg diet. One for each testicle. So just think of that. You just you, you grow a pair every day. One egg, two eggs. Just yeah. It, I'm not. It, no. So, I got no testicles. I'm just. I'm not a man. Well, keep eating those eggs. Waffles. <laughs> yeah, eat, eat no huevos. Huevos, huevos. How do you ever say that? Is that uh, is that an egg in in um in uh, in Spanish? It's a Spanish egg. It's Spanish. Huevos. Huevos eggs, yeah, huevos is eggs. Um, so, um, we, we, after the last, uh, we we had our last show. You and I, we, we got off and we were talking, and and uh, we were. Uh, I was mentioning that you know, we we had talked a little bit about the Anthony Bourdain thing, which yeah, um, I don't want to get into too much anymore. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but um, you, I, to- I told you a little bit of a story. Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about if you've ever worked in a restaurant. 
Right. Is that I, what we were talking about? Well, I had worked in a okay two gigs in a restaurant. All right, uh, one of them was uh, when I was in in uh, college, and uh, I got a job at a Chinese restaurant. It was a place called the Dragon, and uh, the, I washed dishes for one night, and. Uh, so I, I did the dishwashing thing for one night. It was disgusting. They didn't mm-hmm. have one of the dishwashing machines. And this was back in the days when people could still smoke in a restaurant. And so there would be like these dishes and people would just, you know, take their cigarette out and put it, you know, they put it out in their jello and shit like Ugh. that. You know. Gross. Gross. So it was crap. Yeah, it was gross. So, and, uh, I remember I had a break and uh, they, they they gave me some kind of food and uh, so there was a spot way in the back of the restaurant and I thought I'll just I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go sit right there you know it was, it was there weren't any guests anywhere close or really couldn't even see me it was like when I was back kind of back rooms in a Chinese restaurant sort of thing and so um, I, I'm out there and I'm eating and then the Mr. Wong or whatever his name was uh, comes and he goes oh, you can't eat here and I was gonna do a bad Chinese accent but he goes you can't eat here you gotta go down you gotta eat in the basement i didn't even know there was a basement it was first night there so um he's like go to the back and go you know go around the corner and there's stairs so i go in the back go around the corner go down and there's this fucking dingy basement and uh one thing i learned was this uh dingy basement was full of these big uh barrels they were making their own uh sprouts they're all their sprouts that they had they were doing themselves in the basement I don't know how, if that's hygienic or, or how sprouting of you know bean sprouts <laughs> and all that stuff exactly works. I think you can probably do it if you know what you're doing, but uh, they were doing it uh, hmm. in their own basement. But uh, it was uh, I couldn't force myself uh, into going back to work after that. I just one. How many days was it? One. One. I was there one night. One night. And yeah, one night. And then I also uh, I had one other restaurant gig that I did for one night. <laughs> as well uh they put me on a fryer at this place uh which was kind of a full service restaurant and all i did was uh drop uh i dropped catfish fillets into this fryer all night and pulled them out and, <laughs> them in, pulled them out all night and uh i left there and i was greasy all over and just you know just kind of it was nasty I, I didn't go back to that one either so uh but the, yeah but i also worked at, in pizza i did the pizza gig thing i was uh i worked at domino's and uh so we were kind of uh that was an interesting noise um we were uh, we were talking about the uh the dominoes thing you and i were uh off offline a little bit and uh i had it just hadn't really occurred to me when anthony bourdain was always talking about doing drugs at the restaurant and uh that sort of thing and i was like wow that's right i did drugs at the at the at the dominoes i was like thinking about this and uh, there was this dude rich that was uh, he and i were working alone in the afternoon and it was pretty slow you know they had a pizza place in in the afternoon dominoes and that very big town is not going to be real busy anyway so you know two three pizzas an hour maybe four something like that going out the door but um rich and i i don't remember if he got it or i did but somehow we had a gram of cocaine <laughs> and uh so i'm taking it this is the 80s uh, yeah 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 and so <laughs> right. um and it's kind of a rough neighborhood where where the store is and uh so we i'm not sure if rich even had a car but we did have a company car and you had to keep a kind of keep an eye on the company car uh, it was one of those kind of places because you weren't sure if your shit was going to get jacked we had a uh 
uh, I made a deal with a couple of kids to, in the neighborhood that uh, I would if I would give them pizzas if they would let me know if somebody was like going to jack or shit or do anything or you know just kind of watch the place from the outside be the the you know be the eyes on the street be the be the snitch <laughs> and uh, let me know what was going on so um, it was kind of one of those kind of neighborhoods so um, you had to pay people off to to watch your shit and whatever and there was cocaine readily available in the area so um, Rich and I kept a, we we're like yeah we. we we should do this, but we should, we should wait until after work. And we had that wait until after work conversation for a while. And then it kept getting more boring and more boring, and the, the afternoon wore on. And then uh, finally we were like, fuck it. And so we started doing lines of Coke. Uh, and I was making pizza. And so I'd make a pizza, and uh, Rich would deliver it. And uh, yeah, it was it was one of the he, right. right. We were joking that it, he would always get there on time when he was cooked up. It'd be like he'd be there in two minutes. He was never yeah. he never didn't make it in under thirty minutes. Yeah, that was when Domino's did have the thirty minute guarantee. In it. Yeah, right, right. Guarantee he was there much faster, and because he, he wanted to get back, he was wanted to make sure. This is what happens with cocaine: is you want to get back fast because you want to make sure that the other guy isn't snorting your cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> now, how long? How long? Uh, did you snort cocaine at Domino's Pizza? <laughs> no, uh, how, how long did you work there? Uh, I worked actually for Domino's for maybe, maybe, maybe a year-ish. Oh, wow. Somewhere around in there. Yeah, I hung with that for a while. It was, uh, it was kind of exciting. Domino's could be, uh, could be kind of a nut house. It was, uh, it was all right. And I liked pizza until eh, about Ooh. six months into the gig, and then I couldn't stand it anymore. Had they been around for a while? I don't know much about the history no, of Domino's. Uh-uh. They're, just, they're just starting out, and... Uh, Domino's was founded by this guy named Tom Monahan, and uh, Tom Monahan's story is he was a an orphan, and he was raised in a uh, Catholic orphanage and uh, went to Catholic church every day. He was very uh, very religious, very uh, very Catholic. Uh, when he got out of school, he uh, opened a pizza store in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and he lived he wasn't supposed to be doing this but he lived inside the, the the pizza place and so he would literally sleep on the floor of the office and wash up like in the in the bathroom or the or in the kitchen area where they they wash dishes and uh, he would get up and boom do it again just he lived there literally lived there and uh, he met his wife while he was delivering a pizza that thing was originally i think it was called spinners before it was called dominoes but um he ended up being becoming a multimillionaire, and he was part owner of the Detroit Tigers at one time. Very very wealthy guy, but he was very into uh, rewarding people, and so he would go, a lot of times would hand out uh, Rolex watches to people. He went into one store once, and there was a uh, there was a fat guy that was working there, a fat uh, manager. He was he was huge, uh, and uh, he had a, a more expensive Rolex that he was wearing than uh, you know what a normal Rolex costs. It was like a presidential or something like that. It was a real high-end watch, and he told the guy, um, "If you can lose, I don't know if it was lose the weight and run, but anyway, he—if you can run a marathon, is what it boiled down to. Um, I'll give you the watch." And the guy did end up losing like a ton of weight and ran a marathon with They put a time frame on it; it was like a year or something like that, and got the Rolex. So uh, when I was working for Domino's, the uh, the general manager was like, he's like, hey, you ought to take a store. Uh, we, we could give you a store. You could manage a store. Uh, and it would be a really good gig for you. It's in South Bend, Indiana. 
And I was like, South Bend, Indiana, what's up with that? He goes, oh, it's great. It's College Town. North Dame University is there. It's a really fun place. And so I was halfway considering it because, uh, you know, store manager thing, and I don't remember what the pay was, but it was certainly more than I was making there um, doing the you know hourly part-time thing. And uh, so I'm thinking, oh, God, be a store manager. Wow, this is kind of wild. And then, uh, I don't know, somehow I got, I talked to one of the other managers at one of the other stores. And because uh, there was a lot of back and forth between stores with uh, sharing, sometimes you'd run low on some sort of, uh, you know, pizza sauce or, or, you know, you'd have to lend somebody some, some dough or something like that at another store. So I mentioned this to this other guy. I said, God, what, what, I don't remember the general manager's name, but I said he was in uh, the regional manager. I said he was in, and he, he offered me this gig, you know, that I could go work in, in South Bend, Indiana. And he goes, well, the reason he's offering you that is because uh, Tom Monahan's daughter is going to Notre Dame University. And so if you have the store at South Bend, he'll be in there all the time. And he goes, that could be really good for you, but it could be the biggest nightmare of your life. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and. I knew why he was saying the nightmare of your life thing. Domino's had this thing, for managers especially, where they did this little mantra thing at that time that, would, that they would repeat, which was um, when the hours got long and anybody would complain at all about working, you know, like 70 hours or whatever they ended up working in a week, uh, they would say there are 168 hours in a week. You just work <laughs> 70, so you got 98 off. What's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> That was, yeah, was repeated a lot. So I, I don't know. I, I passed on the gig, which may have been um, the dumbest thing or the smartest thing I've done in my life, but uh, did never meet Tom Monahan at all. But yeah, that was in the early days before he ended up getting, I think he was, uh, I think when they went public, I'm pretty sure that he was forced out at some point uh, by stockholders the way. Yeah, he, he sold uh, 93% of the company after 38 years. He, yeah. Yeah, he took it over from... Uh, yeah, he got a bunch of uh, Dominic's Pizza, and uh, then he would they wouldn't let him keep the name. He bought their pizza shops, and okay. they, they wouldn't let him keep the name. And then he went to Domino's, Domino's Sugar Stove. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by it, and I can't believe how how I don't know how you know that history. You just remember that? Oh, uh, they uh, well, they ingrained it. Dominoids, dominoid, yeah. Well, that's what we called each other. The people that worked there were dominoids, and they—it's funny because they turned that into—they took the the jargon from that everybody used, and they turned the dominoid into a actual marketing thing that they had on TV commercials. Oh, I remember, I remember that character, right? Are you, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was based on what everybody called each other. You know, they'd say you know, yeah, when yeah. you work there, you know, you're, you know, see who's he? Oh, he's a dominoid. You know, that's just what we, we all called each other. But the culture yeah. was very. Uh, you had to be able to make pizzas fast. Right. You'd make a uh, 12 inch pepperoni pizza. You had to make it from, and this is a from scratch pizza. They wanted you to be able to. Well, you had to be able to make a, a pizza. Take the dough, slap the dough out like you see, you know, the pizza guy slapping the dough out. You had to take one out of the tray, slap the dough out, put the sauce, put the cheese, put the pepperoni, right amount of cheese, right amount of pepperoni on, uh, and do that within 45 seconds. <laughs> and you you got so you could do it. I mean, it was it was a skill to learn, but it, it took a while. Uh, but that was before they had the, uh, the. They also had the old style ovens, the regular old pizza ovens now, mm -hmm. with the conveyor belt stuff. And <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it yeah. was a. Uh, they they made everybody learn that stuff. I mean, just yeah. basically, it was talked about so much. 
Yeah, so he, he founded it in 1960. And did you know that he owned the Detroit Tigers from 1983 to 1992? I, I said did he not was, know. Yeah, said you said that? I'm sorry. Yeah, I said I didn't know owner. that. Yeah, okay, yeah. it didn't say that he's a part owner. Yeah, sure. I didn't. Uh, 38 years. He, 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 well, the 93% that he sold, he sold it for about a billion dollars. Oh, not sure so shabby. It, yeah. I'm sure it's worth more yeah. now. Well, I'm sure it's theirs, though. They, you know. But, but one thing that, that fascinates me here uh, a bit is what you were saying about him being adopted, and maybe you said this, but his mom collected him after six years because the father died. What the fuck? Did people used to do that back then when they couldn't handle children? They'd drop them off at an or- orphanage and then come back? Yeah, yeah. That's and a thing? They, well, usually they didn't come back, but yeah, you could you could come back. There was They did things differently in those days. Very, very weird stuff. My... Uh, my mother met my father because uh, she actually uh, kind of was a nanny for his brother's family. And the reason she was a nanny for his brother's family was because uh, his wife, his brother's wife, his, my, my father's uh, you know, been a sister-in-law, she uh, had tuberculosis. And so they sent her off to this TB sanitarium thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, and I think it was in New York, upstate New York, and uh, she just she was gone for like, for like five years within this wow. TV this TV place, and so my, my mother was uh, like their nanny for a number of those years. That's where how she met my father. So, yeah, strange. I mean, back then they did things uh, they did things differently, uh, and then there wasn't you know it wasn't like all the kids were jumping in the car or getting on a plane to go visit either she was just gone for for five well, I, I mean i i knew my 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 mother's father was born in 1904 and i think there may have been a few uh babies in the family or at least one that may have died and and not after childbirth but as a young child i think one uh, maybe had poison candy or some, some some crazy shit that I don't remember the details of it and then um yeah there, there seemed to be a lot more deaths early on and weird shit that happened back then I saw an article today about the most likely thing to kill you uh with the, and it was broke out by age divisions so there were like 10 or 15 year age groups and so maybe 20 mm-hmm. and um when you get to age I think it was 25 to 45, I believe mm-hmm. it was. The most likely cause of death is accidents, which is actually picked up much earlier than that, but accidents. But then, so like in the earlier demographics, they'll say accident, like, like for a 15 to 25-year-old, say accident, automo- automobile is the most likely mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. Okay, which makes sense. Um, for right. little kids, accident, drowning for a real little kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, 25 to 45, I believe it was. Accident, mm-hmm. most likely, poisoning. What? Yes. I'm like, what? Uh, do I just, I, I turned 46 last year, so I'm in the clear. What happens after 45? Uh, then it goes to cancer. And oh, fuck. Until I think mm-hmm. it's uh, 65, and after 65, it's uh, heart heart disease. Heart disease or stroke, right? Which I guess they're related to a certain degree. Kind of, yes. not exactly. Heart but disease, yeah. So... S- but poison, poisoning. I'm like, what the mm. fuck? I, they, I, you know, is this Game of Thrones or what? <laughs> I don't know, man. This is like weird. I, struck me as odd. I, I, I don't know. So I, I was, uh, you, you know, I was driving. Um, on, I think it was on Friday. I drove. Um, 
a young, a relatively young girl. She was 24, and her brother, who was like 16, Cameron's age. I think it was his last day of school, actually. He just finished up because he goes to a private school. Like, my kids are in school. My son's until like the 22nd of June, maybe, 20th of June. And my daughter's last day is the 27th. So my son goes to a public school district, but it's different than the one that my daughter goes to because he's in that um, vocational school, the Marine Academy of Science and Technology. So anyway, so I pick up, and I pick up the, 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 you know, the brother and sister in uh, a town, two towns over. And I recognize the block, and I realize that it's one of my son Cameron's friends lives right next door. And I used to drive this kid home freshman year. Um, and so when they get in the car, I you know I get their bags for them. I get them in the car. I introduce myself, and uh, I said blah blah blah. You know, do you know the kid next door? Yeah, my son. You know, we we're just chatting. And then I mentioned my friends daughter and son who went to the same high school that they're zoned for and i mentioned my friend's daughter had gone to the university of colorado and the girl says oh i i went to the university of colorado no i didn't know how old she was but i knew she was older than my friend's daughter who just finished her freshman year of college and then she, and then the girl mentioned i i don't even know if we've gotten off her block yet right we haven't gone far and she mentions that um, oh, yeah, that she loves Colorado and that, uh, yeah, she only moved back because of an accident. Okay. I didn't really pursue it. I don't know. Like, I don't know that she wanted me to. It was just one of those sure. things where, I don't know, right? So, girl, totally normal. Everything's fine, whatever. So, I, I'm driving them to the airport and it's relatively quiet now. I've got music playing on. She and the brother are talking a little bit and he passes out sound asleep. Uh, now, I'm, I'm driving on the New Jersey Turnpike. I'm probably about 30, maybe like 20, 25 minutes away from the airport. I'm in the middle lane, and I verbally react to an aggressive driver in front of me. He's probably three car lengths in front of me. I don't tail. I tend not to tailgate. Right. And what he does is he's trying to pass the car in front of him on the left. Then he's trying to pass him on the right. Now, in the left, there are too many cars in the left lane passing as you would and he is right on this other car's ass like really and and probably doing over 85 probably 90 in a in a 65 and he does this move where he tries to cut to his right but the car in the right lane is driving at about the same speed as the one in the middle lane the one that he's tailgating right and he does one of those swerve like to the right lane back to the left and he went from almost hitting the car in both lanes. And I was like, holy fuck. But he continued to maintain his speed. Like, wow. fucking Fast and the Furious, you fucking psycho. Like, so I verbally reacted. And she didn't, I don't think she saw it. And then uh, I think I brought it to her attention. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I, and I explained this thing. And then this guy continued to drive on the on the ass of the car in front of him, that he, the one that he'd been tailgating the whole time, who now gets in the left lane. He continues to go in the left lane and stay on the guy's ass. And he throws his middle finger up, like, for what has to be, like, a minute. And I'm like, holy shit. So now she and I start talking. She told me that she got into a terrible car accident when she was living in Colorado a few years ago. So we're talking about it. Now, I think at this point, I probably slowed down. Not because she mentioned the car, just because that moment of seeing that, I'm like, shit, like, just, you're not that far from the airport. They've got plenty of time. Like, just, I'm not. So she and I are talking, and she's talking about how she just takes it slow, whatever. Now, I had noticed 
she was sitting in the back and she seemed very aware of like other cars and what was going on and sort of like looking around and i'm thinking to myself did i do something wrong what's wrong you know and then i drop him off she thanks me it's fine i get their bags out of the car done that was friday so today is wednesday two yesterday I had um, I had I had he, my boss had assigned me to pick them up at the airport for today Wednesday mm-hmm. five thirty pickup at the airport. That sound that you heard a little while ago was that app, the Dash Ride app, and every time that means there's a new ride, something's happening where he's assigned a ride. There's an available ride. It's like his dispatcher app. So I heard that sound. I didn't pay attention to it. It's like two thirty in the afternoon. I'm doing laundry. Two hours later. I check the app, I pull down my notifications, and I see that one of my reservations has been removed. So I go into the app, and I notice that it's the same girl, two people, airport, removed. I can't get it out of my head. I'm like, what the fuck, what the fuck? Like, why? A couple hours go by. Fuck, like, what did I do? What did I say? Why would I not have that ride? Why would he take it away from me? I check my email. He sent me an email that the girl she's 24 the girl's mother requested another driver because the girl said this is according to my boss according to the mom he's like that you're you were very nice but you're an aggressive driver like fuck and that she got into a terrible car accident that was a near deadly car accident and that she still has brain damage from it and she has a lot of anxiety when she's in the car. I felt fucking awful. And in the email he wrote like, you know, he has so the dispatcher app that we have, there's this like partner app that's called Zen Driver. And what it allows you to do as a, you know, a, a car service company is you can monitor your fleet because it has location services on and it checks your braking, your acceleration every time you touch or use your phone. And it also monitors your speed. Mm-hmm. And apparently, on a, on a score of one hundred, right? These the four categories. My, I, I think I was a seventy six for that particular ride, and I think I got an F for speed. And that um, I had gone eighty eight at one point. I was in the eighties quite a bit. Don't know what I averaged. He was not happy about it, and and he said something like, you know you know don't let it happen again you know it's like one bad review yelp review can you know can really have a negative impact like to me i was just like i felt awful i really did you know i mean i couldn't imagine you know here's this young girl who at like 19 20 years old 21 years old got into a terrible car accident that caused her brain damage and changed her life you know like I just couldn't imagine. I, f- I just felt shitty, right? So I'm trying to be more mindful about my driving. Like, like what the fuck is the hurry? Like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be anywhere near 90, right? Like, I was going, I really believe that I was going with the flow of traffic. Well, yeah. Right? I, I yeah, when you're you going, know, yeah, it's hard. It's I wasn't zipping in and out of lanes. I know I was. I'm, I'm confident that I was, and I was not passing on the right but at the same time, I, I, like all of a sudden, I got into this headspace where, it was like, here I am talking to her about like not about that aggressive driver in, in front of us and how I'm not an aggressive driver. Yet, as far as she was concerned, she was not comfortable for a lot of the ride. Enough of the ride to tell her mom about it and to request another driver. So, 
you verbally reacted. What, what what's involved in the verbal rea- reaction? Did you did you? Swear? It was just a, like a whoa. It wasn't cursing. Oh. It wasn't like it wasn't loud. I didn't wake up the kid who was sleeping. It was just fuck. Like like it's just every now and again I see this thing because th- when when I'm on the road and and I'm on the road a lot and 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 I don't even drive like crazy full time, but it just the hours add up is you see, I see a lot of deer on the road. I see them in like residential neighborhoods. I see them all over the place. And and I see cars do some crazy shit, cutting in and out, got like motorcycles, doing like 95, 100, zipping in and out. And there are so many near misses and those split second things, right? Like, and, and even if you're not using your phone, even if you like look at your phone for a second or go down, those type, if that happens at the moment that that motorcycle zipping in and out and then a truck is it, it can be deadly. Sure. And uh, it, it, so a couple of days ago, so we, we, I'm with, um, you know, I think there are eight or eight of us on um, the drive for the company, and uh, we're in a group text together. And if there are traffic alerts, airline, you know, backup at, at the airport, our boss will text us. Or if one of the drivers is on the road and there's a terrible accident somewhere, they'll text us. Like they, And this happened like two days ago where um, there was a terrible accident on the New Jersey Turnpike, not far from where I saw that aggressive driver. So uh, it, it, it backed up traffic for about three hours because of an investigation, which is the whole thing. So I saw the guy who sent the text alert. I saw my the guy, Igor, that brought me into the company. I saw him today. And he... He said that a guy about 60 years old somehow got onto the New Jersey Turnpike in the wrong direction, head-on collision with a truck, with a tractor trailer. Wow. And so that guy was dead. That guy died. Neither he nor I, I didn't look it up on the news, but neither he nor I could figure out how the guy would possibly have gotten on the Turnpike in the wrong direction. It's mind-boggling. And... I don't know how many other cars were involved, but uh, it, it ended up impacting the tr- trucks and the car lanes. Like, there's a divider between it. But it was just like, and like, in, and I think to myself, when shit like that happens, I'm glad that I was nowhere near there when it happened. You know, like, it's going to affect traffic, and it would suck if you're in it, but, it, you know, you don't want to be anywhere near it when it happens, especially if you have clients in the car. Like, you know, it's, so I don't know. It, 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 I, I found out about that yesterday probably just over 24 hours ago it stayed with me all night i don't normally uh, you know figuratively take this job home with me but uh i don't know i just like there's no way for me to apologize to the mother the daughter like all i can do is like try to be more mindful you know and and just calm the fuck down calm the fuck down (laughs) more zen so uh i i just it's weird that you brought that up i was uh i got a kindle that i hardly ever use and and uh, right there's like four of them around the house um how many so i I think we probably got i don't know if they're all kindles my my wife's we've had a lot as well and I, i can't find any of them well, I couldn't find any of them either. And then I, all of a sudden, one showed up. And I was like, hey, is, I, that's okay. So, you know, I, I charged. I wasn't even sure it worked. You know, I was like, charged. Right. And then, yeah, it works fine. It's, it's a, I don't know, it's like a Kindle Fire or something like that. Um, yeah, it's got, I mean, it looks good. It's a nice little, nice little device. But, uh, so anyway, I'm looking at that. And I see this book that's free on Kindle. And, and it's um, by this guy that was, 
he, he works for Google, uh, and uh, he uh, it, they, they had him teach mindfulness classes at Google, and he was a guy. Oh, that was what's his name? Do you remember? It was like uh, is it Chaden? Ming. Chinese guy? Yeah, yeah. Chade Ming Tang or something like that. Okay. Anyway, All right. So he teaches these mindfulness classes for Google. Um, they, I remember they they said that he had earned the job title of Jolly Good Fellow. And then in parentheses, which nobody can deny. They actually have that job title at, at Google. Jolly Good Fellow, which nobody can deny. And <laughs> uh, so anyway... Um, so this dude, he was an engineer at first, but he decided he would he would uh, teach us mindfulness stuff. But um, what is uh, what the, sh- the the takeaway from it is his his version of mindfulness is, and I thought this was kind of fascinating. Um, he said instead of trying to look for for big things in life that are uh, you know uh, you know just being in the moment. A lot of times we'll think of mindfulness. I'm just going to be in the moment. I'm, uh, you know, but a lot of times people are looking for you know, for bigger things. But his his deal is uh, thin slices of joy is what he calls it he wants you to look for the the mental exercises that you should be trying to become aware of thin slices of joy and what he means by that is we usually will let things uh pass by the things that pass by you know very quickly the 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 ephemeral things in life that uh, may it may take a second or a half a second that that can give us pleasure or joy like you see you look over and you see a car of a certain color and you go i love that color but it may not even be that conscious you may just uh, think oh Mm -hmm. It was pleasant in mm-hmm. your mind's eye, but you don't form that whole sentence. Um, you might walk out of a, um, a building that's air-conditioned or something like that, and a breeze hits you in the neck, and it feels really good. Anyway, this little simple things. He's trying to get you to, to notice that you know maybe a, um, a bite of food tastes particularly good or, or that sort of thing. And if you keep being aware of these little things and start stacking up the little thin slices of joy, pretty soon you're just more joyful. You're just more, you're happier, mm-hmm. you're happier John Michael Craig who's flying along with the flow of traffic, yelling at people. Y- <laughs> y- so, y- y- so y- it's, it's funny, not funny, haha, but it's interesting that you mentioned that because like this, like you said, that thing really got in my head and it wasn't like, and then when I looked into Zen Driver and just the fact that it's called Zen Driver, it was just like, you know, and, and I, I, I know who this guy is. I listened to uh, an interview with him. Oh, really? So, yeah, back in November 2016, he was on an episode of WNYC Radio's Note to Self, a podcast that I really like about technology and social media and whatever. And, and he's he is very calming. He's, he's I, I, I like the guy a lot. I'm going to look into him and find out more about him. I'll send you the link. I know that you didn't necessarily in, enjoy the Note to Self that, I, that you listened to. Um, yeah, but probably, I'll, I'll yeah. send you the link to this episode because if you, if you read anything about this guy and sort of were even in the least bit intrigued and, and I found it really intriguing that he was an engineer and he worked at Google and that he sort of had this shift so I gotta check that out but after this happened yesterday I was I don't remember if I drove anyone yesterday I can't and, and uh, I I was trying to do some video editing but I struggled with that and then I went to the, at some point I went to the Apple store. I got my $100 gift, Apple gift card from trading in an old iPhone 6. And I got the full amount that they, yeah, 100 So I went to get a pair of Apple AirPods. And when I walked into the store, I met this uh, young woman, Adalia. Now Adalia, um, I don't know if she was, uh, 
I forgot where she Trinidad, I believe. I think. I think she's from Trinidad. But very American. She's got to be in her early 20s. Yeah, you know, she uh, she had her hair up in a big bun and she had like a not a full-on head wrap, but like a head thing on and she was very nice and and I was very calm. I was like not like hyper intense me. I was actually calm just like nice me i still would make jokes here and there but i i downshifted quite a bit we had a really nice conversation she's a, a musician she sings and plays piano and and she's like you should get a job here because i was just i understand what that job is and how tough it can be and how stupid people are when they walk into an apple store yeah that they don't understand like they seem to not have a concept of gravity. They don't really understand that Verizon and Apple are two separate companies. They don't understand that if they don't buy insurance, that there's not much that Apple can do other than charge them to replace the screen. And that, so they're beside themselves. I understand the anger and frustration. They don't understand that people that work at the Apple store are not responsible for their data. You know, all these things, right? So I was talking to her about that, and she's like, oh, my God, thank God. You know, and, and when I walk into an Apple store, I'll I will say stuff like this in front of the person that's being difficult for the app. I will say what the Apple person is thinking, right? <laughs> and, and it's like, it's, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's like, are you, anyway, it's, so I kind of hate going into an Apple store, but I like talking to people that work at Apple because they seem to hire fairly well. Right, they they seem to hire like creative people. Doesn't matter how old they are, how young they are. You know, they could have dread, you know, white dude with dreadlocks. You know, uh, it doesn't matter. So, it really got me thinking. I'm like, how long have you been working here? She's like eight months. I'm like, fuck, eight months. I said, how are the benefits? She's like, pretty good. She's like, really good. And they're really flexible, and they like were really supportive. They're like, huh. So I, I don't know. I just I found myself in a much different place, you know, and uh, I, I found myself in the same in a very similar place after I had my stroke too. Same kind of deal. Just like I slowed down a little bit, and uh, not that I was really nice, but I just I wasn't as intense or so. I don't know. I want to be like Jade Ming Tan. Yeah. So if you I get think. a gig at the Apple Store, right? You can uh, hook me up with some Apple products if you like. Yeah, that you do get. So you get discounts, but guess what? You you don't get a discount on Apple AirPods. The Nobody. AirPods. There are no discount on the Apple AirPods. They're still a pretty hot commodity. No. Out there. They, you, 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 do you do you have them? No, I've, I've thought about it. Uh, I've gone back and forth a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I I'm okay. I'm. We've talked about this. I'm not an Apple fanboy. There's, I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with those motherfuckers. So much so. I mean, my, I was on the phone with them three times today because right in the middle of uh, editing a video project, I made the stupid decision to upgrade my operating system. Crashed. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't. Finally, it's up and running now. But I don't know. I haven't tried to download Final Cut Pro and start editing again. But these guys, first of all, the little case... It's like a little dental floss case. Yeah, and you pop yeah. it open, and the two, you know, you know, the earbuds, the right and the left, fit in there perfectly. And uh, and it, you could the battery, you know, the case is a is a is a charger. So that has it, you know, you start that up, you get a hundred percent charge. The AirPods you can switch seamlessly from one to the other. Most states have a law that you can only have one earbud in at a time, for hands free. So you know, put the right one in, and I'll see that it's down to like. 30%, I'll open up the case, I'll pop that one in, pop the left one out, boom. It'll pause your music when you pop it in and out. It senses that it's in your ear. It's really good. I mean, they're not like they're not the best sounding, but 
every time I've made a phone call, the person on the other side said I sounded pretty good. Better, And I get complaints all the time. I don't know if it's my case that it gets in the way of the mouthpiece. So I, I'm, they're decent. I like them. I, I And I, I first, when they first came out, I thought they were the dumbest, douchiest fucking things. Like I hated the way they look and be like, fucking asshole. Yeah. I, when now I I'm one of those assholes. Man, yeah, when I see somebody with a man, I just I want to pull them out. I just want to <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yank kidding. them out of their ears and step on them. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, and maybe, and but I, I was, I, I was uh, poo pooer of the uh, of the Apple Watch too. And I do like the Apple Watch. I, I will tell you though, the Apple Watch. Um, I was disappointed to uh, find out with the Apple Watch that um, the Nike Run Club ac- uh, uh, app, anyway, mm-hmm. Nike Run Club. Uh, is not which you can put on your you can you know install it on the Apple uh, watch for sure but with the Strava app it doesn't uh, and Strava is the it's the lingua franca it's the uh, it's the uh, it, it's where all the data should end up as far as where you're running that way anybody that has any kind of an app whether it's uh, you know they whatever they're using map my run or they're using uh, you know the the Nike thing or, or uh, Garmin or whatever once you've done whatever it is that you're doing you hit update and then it automatically updates Strava uh, that doesn't work with the Nike app they've decided to be they've decided to be like Apple and um, no we're not going to play with others and so um, it doesn't I was really bummed out to find out that it doesn't uh, it doesn't sync with Strava which uh, was for me, uh, kind of a deal breaker, um, even though I wasn't buying it. It's a free app. But um, so anyway, the other thing I found out about the Apple Watch is uh, the heart rate stuff that's on it that is built into it doesn't work worth a shit. I mean, it, it gives you. It doesn't work with what? It doesn't work worth a shit. It it uh, it gives you general idea of what the heart rate is. It's kind of there, but when I when I put my actual heart rate strap on and and I looked at it sometimes because I've paid a lot of attention to this over the last year with my heart rate stuff, uh, with the heart problems that I've had with the atrial fibrillation and all this other stuff. I, I've kind of got a, more of a more of a handle on it than than maybe somebody might if they just bought a watch and just started looking at their heart rate for the first time that sort of thing. Um, so mm-hmm. I thought this looks kind weird to me that, that sometimes I see the numbers seem uh, seem wonky they seem off and so I've been uh, just cross compare uh, I've got a, a Garmin I think it's a 630 or something like that mm-hmm. um, and I with a chest strap which uh, gives you a more accurate thing right and yeah the heart rate shit on the Apple Watch is not it's a generalization but it's really I've never tested it out I've found that when I'm working out sometimes that I'll have the activity on whatever I'm doing like the built-in app for exercise and I was like doing a high intensity and sometimes like the heart rate won't even show up and I know it's really high like right now my I'm showing it 65 beats oh that was three minutes ago it's, it says it's measuring right now it's been fluctuating since you brought this up from like 65 to about 60 it's at 68 right now now I can I mean I can do this experiment right now I can pop my blood pressure cuff right now I can do it I can do it I give you a different yeah. what's that I need to check my blood pressure anyway you need okay well, let's let's get both readings while we're, while we're all right hold on let's, let's uh, while we're here I'm gonna do this it's I've got this uh, this thing I have not I hadn't been taking my blood pressure medication, but I ha- I'm, I'm back on. I'm back. Why did you not and take your blood pressure medication? I ran out. The hell's the but then I found I found more pills. You just pills somewhere. <laughs> I found more. They're legit. They're like they're they're uh, amlodipine. 
Okay. All right. How are you supposed to do it? You're supposed to, uh, wait, wait, you got to put both feet on the left left one, right? Sometimes yeah. I switch it over. I got to uh, open up the cardio app and then see. Oh, God. Hold your, uh, I feel like it's going to be really high. Yeah, hold um, your wrist above your uh, wrist, like it, you know, above your, it's supposed to be like up by your heart. You know, when you yeah, right, right. Okay. So um, you might hear, you might hear it. Um, all right. Can right. you hear it? Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's squeezing you right now. So you're getting a little squeeze. Mm -hmm. Think calming thoughts. Think mindfulness. Think Think those thin slices of joy that will bring your blood pressure down. Don't think about verbal reactions. Think about cheesecake. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to make me laugh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not supposed to talk all that. It's still going. It's, it's coming down. down. Oh, it's coming no, down. no, it's still going down. I don't want to look at it. All right. Okay, wait. It Sometimes it fails. Sometimes it fails. Hold on. I don't want to look at it. You want to you take a guess? I didn't look at it yet. I don't uh, look at it. Blood pressure, I'm going to guess. Uh, 147 over <sighs> It's through the fucking roof, dude. It's through the roof. What is it? Oh, shit. Hold on. 175 over 125. Oh, Jesus Holy Christ. fuck. Oh, and the pulse? 79 beats per minute and uh uh right now it's showing 70 on the uh on See? the on the watch so it wasn't yeah but it wasn't at the same time so at the same you know. time but i bet you the shit's off i know yes yeah, mine doesn't yeah you compare the two I oh thought, fuck yeah. Colin, i gotta t I, after the uh after we we finish recording i gotta test my blood sugar again you better uh <sighs> yeah, you meditate better, you you need some yeah so uh when did you start taking the uh, blood pressure medication again I probably lapsed for about, uh, I don't know, eight days, ten days. All right. I don't know how long Fuck. that took. And you're back, you've been back on it for how long? What's that? And you've been back on it for how long? Back on it for maybe four, three. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know how quick that stuff works, but I don't think you should uh, skip it based on that. Uh, no, no, I shouldn't skip it. I, I need to get. I need to make an appointment with my doctor. I uh, totally. I so need to make it. Yeah, fuck. And I haven't been uh, working out. You know, my 30-day uh, workout, like free gym membership at that boot camp gym. Yeah. Expired. Do you so. want me to send you some blood pressure medication? I've got some. <laughs> I, I need something. I don't know. I need that book from Chade Meng Tan. Hang on. Let me, let me look at my drawer here. What do you have? <laughs> I do have some, something. Hang on. What's this? I've got... Uh, da, da, da. I'm not... Yeah. Oxy? Yeah, no. It's... Enalapril. Enalapril. Which was that? What was that for? I, don't know. I think it's for high blood pressure. So the last last year when I uh, started having this heart thing, uh, as part of the standard protocol, they put me on two different a beta blocker and some other blood pressure thing, which uh, I haven't had high blood pressure. I had mine taken the other day uh, at the dentist office. Believe it or not, they what? Take a, yeah, they take who takes your blood pressure to the dentist office? And Why? It was a with, and it was a, with a real cuff and the and the stethoscope and all that stuff. Uh, and I was like 116 over 74 or something like that. So um, 116 over 74, that's pretty good. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm always like that. But anyway, so they put me on this blood pressure medication and a couple other things because of the standard protocol for, for what you're being treated for. And uh, like three or four days after I started taking this uh, those two um, medications, I passed the fuck out and my, my blood pressure dropped 
room out and I was I actually uh, I, I did it at the gym I was at the gym and uh, had run on the treadmill and I got really lightheaded and the next thing I knew I was on the floor and there's a bunch of people standing over top of me and you know you were wait right. wait wait when it was last year it was like uh, it would have been like oh oh right right you told me about that you know, like yeah, April yeah. of last year and I right had to, right I had to take an ambulance ride to the freaking emergency yeah. room they had to how much it. did that cost like 4500 bucks uh, I hope it wasn't for it. I, my insurance bills from last year with all the stuff that was done um, I it's it's over three hundred thousand dollars and I ended up paying how much three hundred thousand over three hundred thousand you're kidding no no one day you're not kidding I mean, why would you make? Why would you kid about that? There's nothing, there's nothing funny about well, the, that. The one uh, treatment or the one procedure, the the uh, ablation procedure that they did, that was I think that was like I can't remember the it's like 126 or 156 or something. The hmm. whole procedure. How many nights were you there? One night. One. One. Night. one. You've got that. So you know, I was in the hospital for five nights. Yes, with your stroke. Three nights. Went home, and then two more nights. Right. And you know how much? And so the, the, probably the most expensive thing other than the cardiologist, the cardiologist, the uh, neurologist, and primary care physician, but particularly the neurologist and the cardiologist, was probably the MRI, the MRI I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know. That evil machine. It's, uh, and I'm pretty sure that everything came to about $34,000. Is that all? That's, that's yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, it, I mean, to me, I didn't have to pay, I didn't have to pay that. I, I, I think I paid the, ma- I paid the maximum amount of pocket for my insurance that year, which was about 6,600 bucks, 6,500 yeah. bucks, something like that. And, uh, and I, I paid it all except for one bill. I think it slipped through and now it's gone to the collections and it makes me really angry because I fucking proactively paid fucking everything because guess what? I survived and I was happy to be alive. And that's the reason I'm in debt. That's it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Let's let Mr. Big Voice take us out. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed Unbecoming of Age. Bonus content at unbecomingofage.com. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Find us on social media at Unbecoming of Age. And sometimes when we touch.